You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Pacers fans, sorry for the delay, but we are here for a Locked On Pacers Game 6 preview and what could be, and hopefully isn't, but could be the final game preview of the season, which would be super sad, but we'll have to see how it goes. As always, I am Tony East with the West Indianapolis Community News, as well as over at 8 points, 9 seconds, where we are firing out content left and right about this postseason. So if you're not reading us over there, what are you doing? Um, but I would really appreciate if you guys would check out all the content out there. That would make me feel great. And for all the hard work everyone's putting in, I'd be really happy about that. But Game 6, guys, is going to be something kind of fascinating. Um, you know, this Pacers' whole season has come up to this point, basically. I mean, you could say that about every game, but literally it could come up down to this. Um, and there's going to have to be adjustments made, Okay. Like, I get that the whole rest of the, like, the I don't know. When you play the same opponent five times in a row, like, you can say something is recency bias, and I and I understand that. But when it's 40% of the series, like, Sabonis just outplaying turn the last two games, you know, you got to think maybe there's something to it. So I think this game is about adjustments, and I think there has been, including for myself, some overreactions to some recent good play from Pacers players. Um, but I do think that, you know, you have to be aggressive and ahead of the curve with your with your changes to your rotation if you want to stand a chance to win in the postseason because of it's a series. You know, there's constant adjustments versus the regular season where there's not. I think adjustments uh, are something that could be made uh, and maybe should be. Um, and I wrote about one myself, and then I think some people took it the wrong way, and that's definitely my fault. You know, if you write something and people ta- if everyone takes it the wrong way, then it's the way you wrote it. Um, but it was about the Sabonis versus Turner thing. And I get that Sabonis played so many more minutes than Turner in Game 5 because of foul trouble, and that makes sense. But at the same time, he was so much better. Um, He was finishing well around the basket. His defense was fine. Uh, Even on LeBron a few times, he played good D. Uh, He forced him to pass out once. Played great D on a drive, and LeBron just hit a tough shot on him. Um, But I really liked the way Sabonis played. And if you count the fourth quarter of Game 3 and the entire Game 4 and the entire Game 5, you know, almost half the series we've seen Sabonis be the better option and Adam has been preaching it well and I was wrong to sit I was wrong I thought Turner was the guy to go to at the end of that one game and maybe he was so maybe I wasn't wrong but you know I was saying Turner was better in that instance and I may be wrong about that you know maybe Sabonis has been the guy that they need to go to a little more to to change things around I mean I know he stunk in the first two games that's what makes it so hard because you know I, I just said it, the 40% of the series is him playing well but also 40% of the series is him playing terrible um, so I understand that too which is where the recency bias thing really comes in. But, you know, if Sabonis is playing as well as he has recently, maybe he's figured something out. It's really hard to say. But I think that in this game, this is all what my point is coming to after a lot of rambling. Uh, I think in this game, we should see more Sabonis than Turner. Or maybe an even split of 24-24. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to demean Turner. He's been really good in the series. He's the better defender, even in this series in the long term. Um, and if Nate wants to go defensive, I'd want Miles in the game. But if Sabonis continues to be more impactful and can help your best player be better, I think that's what it's all about. And to me, helping Vic be better should be the goal of the team because, uh, you know, he's been struggling. People are harping on that and saying, all right, the guards need to play better. It's as simple as that. And I agree. Um, but part of Vic playing better is that Sabonis can help him with those traps. Um, and Adam talked about it. And in the article I talked about over at 8.9 seconds earlier, uh, if you read it, I have video clips in it. Um, but I know this is so late, so you might not have time to read it before the game, you know. Uh, there are possessions where, you know, I'll, I'll try to play it on mute um, and watch it and tell you what's happening while this is happening. But 
you know, Sabonis catches it on a, on a Vic trap and immediately turns and faces the basket, takes a dribble, fires it to the corner, Bojan's wide open, and you get a basket. Um, versus with Turner, I'm trying to watch this Sabonis one and break it down better, but it's loading so slow my Wi-Fi is killing me. Um, but with Turner's one, he turns and faces, and then Kyle Korver's right in his face, and he kind of panics, and then he throws it to nobody, and then it's a turnover. And that's it. That's the whole possession. So, okay, here's the Sabonis one. Um, Vic dribbles around the double team, and he turns, and Sabonis catches. Okay, so what happens, he doesn't dribble, I was wrong. So Vic dribbled and got him the ball, and when he turned and faced, he actually looked to, first to the one corner where Corey Joseph was, and Corey Joseph wasn't open. Then he looked baseline where Trevor Booker was, and he was there, and then he knew Bojan would be open because of the coverage. And he did it in one motion, right? So it's just his head on a swivel, gets it to the corner, and Bojan hits a three, versus when Miles catches it with the defender right on him. You know, he turns around, and he never looks to the other cor- First of all, his screen was bad. Uh, he catches, he turns, and he never even looks to Bojan in the left corner. He just tries to throw it straight into Thad, who's covered, and it's stolen by George Hill. So, you know... I think the difference between those two on those plays really helps Oladipo both in confidence and in execution, and I think maximizing the offense is going to be a key to beating the Cavs who have, you know, I mean, Corver's killing it, and that, I'll talk about that later. Um, uh, JR finally is hitting two games in a row, and LeBron just continues to be LeBron. I think the goal has to be to, to outscore them, not stop them. So I really think Sabonis might get more minutes than Turner, and I might be okay with it in this game. I'm not advocating for him to start. I know the starting lineup on its own, those five guys have been good. Uh, as a unit, so I think you continue to roll with that. They have like the sixth best net rating of any five-man group in the postseason. Shout out to James at IP Basketball for that one. But yeah, I, I, you know, I think when you when you have a rotation going on, I think I'd like to see more more Sabonis, especially with Vic. Um, and in general, uh, sorry everybody, a little less Lance Stevenson might not be the worst thing ever. Uh, he was good in Game Five. He's been shooting the ball way better than he did during the regular season, and that's what's been keeping him effective in these minutes. So hopefully we can see some of that from from him to continue. But a little less of him might not hurt on the wing. Um, and if those minutes can go in, in lieu of, you know, maybe Vic plays a little more even. Uh, I mean, why not play Vic 44 minutes if this might be your last game of the season? You know, maybe that's the solution. Uh, or have Corey Joseph play a little more. I know Corey Joseph's offense has not been great in the series shooting-wise, um, but he's been awesome at everything else to me. Um, and I would like to see him come in and guard Corver more, speaking of Corver. Um, and I'll get back to Kojo because I've seen some discussion about him too. Um, but Corver cannot get free. I mean, it's not as simple, like I've said a million times, as shut down Corver and you win, even though the two games he had no threes, they won. Um, but he cannot have 11 shots. He cannot have nine threes. Uh, he was a plus 10 for a reason, and Ronnie Hood, his backup, was a minus 13 for a reason. It's because Corver's impact is huge, um, and he's just a way better shooter. I mean, he had this, uh, he was the second most points on the team in game five. So, you know, they got to chase him around the screens. They have to communicate, and I think that's like the anecdotal strategy thing there, but it's what has to happen because as soon as Corver comes around a flare screen, either you have to know it's coming and get ready to go around it before it's even hitting you, if you're a guard, or if you're a big, you have to know if they can't get around it, just switch it. You know, him getting the shot is the worst possible end result to a Cavaliers possession is a Kyle Corver three-point attempt. Like, even if it doesn't go in, you gave up the worst shot you could have given up against this team is a 50, basically a 50% three-point shooter. I mean, not actually, but in the series, he's close to that. A 50% three-point shooter chucking. You just cannot have that. That's absurdly good efficiency that's going to sink this team. They have to be better on Corver if they're going to win this game. Uh, and I think they will be, you know, they just saw them two games in a row completely sink them uh, down the stretch of game four, especially. So that's going to be a focus. And that be, might be why you see more Corey Joseph. However, people have been talking about starting Corey Joseph. No, uh, I'm vehemently against that. I was in the regular season two. 
Um, you know, I love, love, love uh, Corey Joseph. He's a really good player. Um, but the problem with Corey Joseph is that he cannot keep the offense sustained as well as Darren Collison. And I don't even know how this is possible, but, you know, even when Collison has been shooting as horribly as he's been this series, first of all, he has the second highest defensive rating on the team. And that's not because of his defense, but something he's doing with the starting lineup is working defensively. Um, and just given that he's on the court at the same time as LeBron a lot, that's very impressive. And I'll hat my, my hat off to Collison for not stinking it up on D. Um, but two, the offensive potency goes down so much with the spacing mucked up. Um, and I think that you have to avoid that as much as you can. Like I just talked about, you need to maximize the offense with Vic on the court. So I don't want Corey Joseph in the starting group. I do like you know him mixing and matching in certain lineups, but the starting lineup is not one of them. But I do want more Joseph, and I think I want him more as a wing um, with Collison on the floor at the same time even, or just him with Vic and him being the wing while Vic is basically the ball handler. Um, but this game could be it. You know, uh, A lot on the line for McMillan here. I don't think he's going to lose his job because he had a great regular season, but his playoff showing has just been okay. Um, you know, the... <laughs> The two games they won, he did fine in, I guess, but he's made some questionable choices, and I, that is the most recency bias thing I'm saying is that McMillan's um, been shoddy. But if he's not, you know, if he's not a great playoff coach, uh, eventually you're gonna have to look somewhere else. So who knows if that'll be sooner in the future? But he could be coaching for his job at some point here. Uh, I think this game's gonna be a really good one, though. You know, this team is hard to beat in Banker's Life. They almost won both uh, in this series there already. You know you're going to get the best version of Lance Stevenson tonight. You know everyone's going to be trying their ass off. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I think LeBron's going to not want to lose this series, of course. I think he's going to be impossible to stop. So uh, I think it all comes down to tactics. And I think the Pacers have the chance to execute their tactics, but if they actually do or not is up for debate. Um, but, I, th- you know, there are, there are options for them, and I think a lot of them lie in the big man rotation. So I'll have to see how it goes down. I could eat crow on a lot of these predictions, but... My keys are, again, get Sabonis involved, keep Corver out of the game, and uh, let Kojo do his thing on D and shut down Corver. So uh, a lot of Corver stuff, but we'll see how it goes. Again, they, they, they continue to beat the Cavs bench. They just got to keep up with the starters in any way they can. But that has been it for this Game 6 preview. Again, apologies for the late upload. We will recap this game probably. I'll probably have a recap up. Let me rephrase that. The recap for this game will come up tomorrow. Adam's a little sick, so we might not have anything till Monday after that, depending on what happens in the results. But thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Go Pacers, and we'll see you soon.